views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. This show's audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. As she so nicely said, I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and today we will talk about something that is very connected with the time of the year we are in, springtime. Everything is blooming and blossoming and uh, butterflies are out there and uh, somehow you also feel that love is in the air, right? Uh, Humans and animals alike, especially in springtime, we are motivated to find a mate. Now, so you go out and start dating. And after two or three frogs, you find somebody who looks like a prince. You feel like there are butterflies in your tummy as you are holding his hand. And you have fun. The chemistry is over the charts. And you feel more special than anyone has made you feel before. Now, you are maybe like a few weeks into the relationship. And all of a sudden, you're in the mall going shopping. You like to buy shoes. He likes to look for, I don't know, leather jackets. And you get into a small argument, the first argument you ever had. And he raises his voice. And he says out loud, you are delirious, you are insane, and pulls away from you and stomps off. And you feel embarrassed, shocked, humiliated, and wonder what the people around you were thinking. But somehow you ignore this little episode, and you make up, you apologize, you say it's your fault, and you keep on going. Now, unfortunately... This may not be the first and only episode. There may be more of those outbursts happening. And this may be the beginning of an abusive relationship. And that's what we're going to talk about today, abusive relationships. Because it's especially in this time of the year where the desire to get out of hibernation and the desire to no longer be alone and the fear of rejection create a little complicated combination that makes us enter into relationships which may neither be healthy nor fulfilling. So 
When you think about abusive relationships, I'm pretty sure that most of you have experience with that, personal or at least someone you know. According to a recent statistic, nearly 20 people in the U.S. alone are physically abused by an intimate partner every minute. So that counts to 5.3 million incidents of domestic violence annually among women and 3.2 million among men. So when you consider that most people avoiding or avoid admitting that they have been victimized, you could imagine that this number is even higher. And obviously, abuse is not just limited to, to physical violence because verbal and emotional abuse can be as painful and destructive as physical abuse. But why are these numbers so high? I was wondering, are we more abusive and, and violent to our partners than our ancestors? And to be honest, I don't know. I certainly know that my parents had their fair share of abuse. And I know from many of my friends, my clients that tell me about their parents and their grandparents that they also witnessed fights and certainly dysfunctional behavior. But there is something in our society going on that may be a little bit different than 50 years ago. First of all, we talk more about abuse, which is good. People are more willing to come out and share their story, especially more recently with also the Me Too movement. And so being a victim of abuse is no longer something to hide. It's no longer a stigma. But then there is unfortunately also that tendency that aggression and violence becomes more normal, especially towards women. I mean, it shocks me that video games for teenagers can include beating women, raping women, the easy access to pornography, and also that in politics, just as demeaning remarks about female opponents are completely acceptable, all of those things are, I believe, tendencies that are making it more okay to show aggression towards the opposite sex. Relationships are not also any longer these sacred agreements between two people, but somehow there is a greater sense of almost a possession or an obligation that's connected with that, which both, of course, doesn't make you look at your partner with greater kindness or compassion or appreciation. And then there is also that stress and pressure and anxiety that has been skyrocketing in the last maybe 20 years and is much higher than with our parents or grandparents. Overall, and I see this in my practice all the time, there is a greater sense of feeling powerless and feeling out of control that so many people are uh, struggling with. And as terrible as it may sound, abusing your partner may be just a convenient way to feel more powerful and in control. 
So all of those things may make it more maybe likely to end up in some kind of a abusive relationship, but not all relationships are starting out abusive or not at least overtly abusive. Maybe when you think about someone who told you about an abusive relationship or you witnessed it unfolding, maybe when you were yourself in an abusive relationship, looking back, there may have been some subtle signs, some dysfunctional behavior that you may have just chosen to ignore. Now, I had my own share with the love makes you blind moments. And I was certainly in relationships that were at least emotionally abusive. And I know that we can overlook or even worse, justify and downplay the potentially toxic and uh, negative behavior of those we have fallen for. There's just something about the psyche that doesn't want to see that the person that we are opening our hearts toward is someone that potentially can be not exactly what we hoped for. We are at times telling ourselves that we rather going to be with this person and try our best and make it work than being alone again. And of course, then we are also telling ourselves that we can be the one who can fix that person, make that person better, because we see somehow that underneath all of that, there is something shiny, there is a good person ready to emerge. All of those things we will talk more during the show today, but... Let's talk about what actually is an abusive relationship because there is a lot of confusion about that. You know, physical abuse is pretty clear when someone is, you know, constantly uh, insulting you, cussing at you, yelling at you. Well, that's also pretty obvious. But then there is this emotional abuse, as I said, the more subtle abuse. And that is a form of brainwashing that really slowly erodes your sense of self-worth. It erodes your sense of security and also the trust in yourself and others. I think as a, as a rule of thumb, if you feel that on some level your, your partner controls you, that he or she disrespects you, and if there is any form of intimidation, where you just feel scared, walking on eggshells, you are probably in an abusive relationship. Now, abusive relationships are not necessarily 100% abusive. And that is the tricky part about it, that sometimes it can be just so good and so great. And then all of a sudden, it just kicks back in that negativity, that anger outburst, that criticism, that harshness, and it confuses you. There has been a very great study actually done in the 60s or 70s, which was about abuse uh, in children. And it was an abuse by the mother of children. And what was so interesting about the study was that when the mothers were exactly exhibiting the behavior of sometimes nice, 
and then again being abusive. It was way harder for these children, even as adults, to overcome the the wounds, overcome the traumas, overcome that anxiety that was connected to that abusive upbringing than if the mother was consistently and constantly a rageaholic or someone who was always someone you couldn't trust. So people that as an adult enter into those kind of abusive relationships often feel exactly the confusion of a child. You don't really know. Are you meeting Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? Are you with someone that you can lean on and build a future with? Or is it someone that actually scares you and make you feel small? And that is something that I believe gets this uh, not only confusion, but also that sense of focusing more on that person and losing yourself more and more into a pattern where in the end you do feel trapped and stuck. And for that not to happen, when we come back, we will talk about the early signs of an abusive relationship. What can you do to spot those signs? What can you do to get out of uh, such a relationship And how can you make sure that you understand why you fell into it in the first place and how to avoid something like this to happen again? So stay tuned. We will be right back. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to corneliastephanie.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of Breakthrough Radio Show Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. 
Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to effect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show. Joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about early warning signs that you may be in an abusive relationship. And you may not want to hear it, but it's worth it because you may really save yourself from a lot of lot of heartache and headache and and potentially are able also to turn things for you around and maybe even for your partner. It is not hopeless. Just the fact that you are in an abusive relationship doesn't mean that it has to remain abusive. I have countless clients I've been working with that were able to heal that, uh, yeah, that pattern of abuse and disrespect in their relationship. However, both people need to be willing to work on this. It cannot only be done by the one who is the victim of the abuse. It has to especially also include the willingness of the abuser. And that is often where the problem lies, that there is no willingness to admit that there is even a fault in that person. Now, if you have any questions or you want to share something that you have observed in your relationships or people you know, call in one 800-930-2819, and you can, of course, also on the chat box on Transformation Talk Radio, where you're listening the show from, you can also type in your question or comment. So what are these early warning signs? Now, Basically, the the way I like to, to share them with you is from the more subtle to the more obvious ones. So the a very subtle one is that sugar-coated criticism. You know, when your partner says something that actually is rather judgmental, you know, you're grabbing another cookie, and then there is a little frown, a little smile, and says, you know, well, do you really need this cookie right now? Well, I'm just concerned about your health. You know, it's not good for your joints. But you know, it's not about that. You know, it's about your weight and how you look. Or maybe your partner mentions that uh, you always appreciated how nice your mother was keeping the house in order or how well she was cooking, insinuating that you don't. Or there is this little smirky love when you make a 
yeah, mistake. Maybe you mixed up Austria with Australia because geography is not your strength. And then, you know, he or she ask in this mixture of uh, amusement and condescendence, uh, where did you go to school? Now, all of those things are, you know, not very serious, but they make you feel bad. It's kind of a passive-aggressive behavior, which can make you easily feel insecure and self-conscious. And when you are insecure and self-conscious, you're certainly much more easily controllable. Then there is possessiveness. Now, possessiveness is, you know, jealousy, is that sense of, you know, I love you so much, I just want to make sure that you are, you know, mine, and I don't want these jerks talk to you, and anything like that. But the possessiveness can easily also make you feel trapped, because let's say every time you're calling a friend and you're talking with that friend longer than 10 minutes, there is an eye rolling. There is, are you done yet? Remarks. There is a sense of, this is not okay. When you're out and you're meeting people that you know, colleagues or friends, and they are maybe of the opposite sex, there is a sense of jealousy and pouting and frustration that then, lo and behold, makes you feel that you can't do this anymore. And so you are declining invitations. You're feeling that you just have to stay away for a while from the people that you care about. and You become gradually more isolated. And your partner says, you know, oh, no, you can do whatever you want. But you know there are consequences. And it's all under the guise of how much love there is. And that's why there is a jealousy. But ultimately, it's a possessiveness that is a form of control. And as you are isolating yourself more, you give that person exactly what he or she wants, which is all for him or herself. Now, another one that is a form of uh, abuse is the disregard of your boundaries. Now, let's say, for example, you have asked about 20 times to please put the dirty dishes in the dishwater, uh, dishwasher or to, you know, don't leave the toilet seat up or anything like that. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're writing the com uh, on the computer, you're really focused because you have to do something for work and then, you know, your partner comes in and just starts talking and wants attention and says, uh, can you do this for me? Can you run an errand for me? And doesn't really even wonder if it's okay to disturb you. There is not a sense of that what you're doing right now is important because it feels much more important to pay attention to him. Let's just do it this way. I know there is abuse, of course, in both ways, but for the sake of not having to go back and for him and her, Let's just assume that the abuser is the male and the victim is the female. And again, it can go both ways. It happens also in same-sex relationships. Abuse is omnipresent. Now, these boundaries and that breaking the boundaries give you ultimately a feel that your needs, your preferences 
are not really as important. And again, this is another form of undermining your sense of self-worth. Now, boundaries are really important. I mean, they're naturally demarcations of your comfort zone. They are basically giving you a sense of self. And when someone is constantly barging through those boundaries, and it can be also boundaries in regards to what you expect. If you ask someone, hey, can you call me uh, you know, maybe before noon so that we can make plans for tonight and that person calls you then at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., your boundary, your desire wasn't really accepted and wasn't respected. And that makes you feel, again, not that important. Now, as control and disrespect are a part of the abuse, then, of course, there is also that um, that sense of the excessive worry, a part of it. You know, when someone says, well, you need to really uh, always let me know where you are. And if you are five minutes late, send me a text. Or if, uh, you know, you are... Uh, I know if you're going out uh, with a friend, uh, let me know where you go and who you're with. I just want to make sure that you are safe. Now, at the, as a result, you just feel like that you are controlled by this person, that this person always has taps on you. And uh, even though he says, well, this is just because I care so much about you. I want to make sure that you're okay. In the end, it suffocates you. It gives you a sense that you no longer have freedom or power over your own choices. And because you want to keep the peace and you don't want to rock the boat, you just begin to accommodate his needs and you are letting this person, and I've seen this many times, even then uh, tell you to not go out because he's too worried or to not travel somewhere because he needs you so much and he just feels low and doesn't want you to leave. So all of those things, the, the neediness, that possessiveness, that disregarding boundaries, the sugar-coated criticism, these are only a few examples of probably hundreds that can tell you that something is not quite right, that somehow there is a power uh, differential that is happening where you become more and more the one who is uh, accommodating this person's needs and he's more and more the one who is controlling what you can do and giving you either permission or not to be yourself. Now, if you are actually saying, you know what, this is not okay, I have a boundary or I do what I want or I am not letting myself get criticized, this is not appropriate, the next step of the abuser is usually then to become more overtly negative and make subtle threats or negative remarks and ultimately frightens you. This can go from telling you that, uh, well, okay, this is the, ca the case. I'm just going to go and uh, we'll talk later. Or maybe even just stomping out without saying anything. Or accusing you because you said something as, oh, you're just too 
sensitive and deflecting completely anything that he has been doing. Or this partner may tell you that because you have been complaining or you've tried to stand up for yourself, that your feelings are irrational or crazy and that uh, there is really uh, no validation to any of what you're saying. It's your problem, which is almost like a, a gaslighting. All of those the next uh, yeah, steps of the abuse can then make you feel more and more in that, in that place where you feel like, well, I have to make a choice. I'm going to either stay in the relationship and somehow make it work. I can do more. I can work harder. Or this is not working and I'm getting out of here. Now, unfortunately, many people, maybe even most, are choosing the first because giving up is seen as failure, maybe even as a sign that there is something wrong with you because by that time, your whole sense of confidence has been so undermined that you don't really feel like that you have even the right to get what you want. And by that time, you have been focusing so much on your partner that all that you can think of is how can I make this person love me more or be happier with me? So why are we doing this? Why is it that we can actually fall for the abuser? And what is it inside of us that happens that makes us maybe repeat the same pattern of getting victimized? And you could even say sometimes we choose to get victimized. What happens there on the subconscious level? What are we searching for? And why are we not getting out sooner? All of this we're going to talk about when we come back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. 
Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Winning at the game of money. Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance, engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Well, today it's about empowering ourselves to either change, get out of, and not return into abusive relationships. Carolyn is writing. My boyfriend teases me a lot. He says things like, oh, you're so lucky to be with me. I could be with anyone, or, oh, I know everyone loves you, just not me. I feel awful afterwards. Is this a form of abuse? Well, the question is, have you told your boyfriend that you feel awful? And if so, and this behavior continues, even though you say it hurts you, maybe you have even cried, I don't know then it is certainly some form of abuse because even though he knows that he causes you pain, he continues to do it. That means that whatever he's trying to accomplish with this teasing is more important to him than your feelings. And that is a form of abuse. And why is he teasing you? Well, teasing is something that we do to keep a certain kind of distance and a certain kind of distance keeps you also in a greater place of control. In these relationships, often one person feels more into the relationship than the other. And so the other person, it's almost like sitting on a high horse, is uh, throwing out these sarcastic remarks just to make clear that, well, I don't need you. I am not that into you. And, and that form of control feels of course, for the person who is controlled, horrible, but it makes also the other person who is in control feel more secure and safe. Because the truth is, the abusers are not powerful and they are not confident. And most of the times they don't feel really lovable. 
abusers. And some people call a form of abuse energy vampirism. That is to take the power of the people that you're with. It's almost like, you know, when you think about uh, what the abuser is accomplishing, the abuser is accomplishing to imprison the person they are with, to make sure that this person feels so small, so insecure, that he or she never dares to leave. And the abuser needs that because deep inside they do believe that they will be left or that they are really not valuable or good enough to keep a relationship going. So they are going into the abuse out of insecurity and out of that sense of powerlessness. Now, we cannot generalize, but this is certainly one of the most common tendencies. So if you see the boyfriend teasing you, also understand that there is a fear of losing you and there is maybe a fear of letting you get too close and letting you maybe become even more important than you already are. Because if you really leave, then it would just be too devastating for, devastating for him. So he needs to make a joke and he needs to bring some kind of a sarcasm as a wall between your heart and his heart. Now, as the people that get abused or go into those abusive relationships, why do we do it? What is actually, what is it what we are searching for? And why do we stay in those abusive relationships? Now, these are big questions, and this could be like two or three programs in themselves, but let's just get a, a brief overview just to get you thinking. So I believe that abusers can be very charming. That's what I certainly have experienced myself. And the person that is uh, abused uh, often is also a person who is quite sensitive. And that person can be affected by the light, the fun, and the ability to make you feel special and also unfortunately gets really affected by the negativity, by the criticism, and the judgment. Now, when you know about the cycle of violence, you know that it starts with that first honeymoon period. Everything is great and butterflies and unicorns and roses and chocolates. And then somehow there is a little bit of frustration, irritation. There is a sense of, okay, I don't want to walk on eggshells. He has a bad day. And then there is the explosion the abuse, and then there is the remorse, and please, you know, forgive me, I just had problems at work, give me another chance, and then he's trying really hard, and he gives you flowers again, and chocolate, and again, you feel great chemistry until there is a next irritation or the next passive-aggressive behavior, the eggshell walking starts again, until the explosion continues. So this cycle is something that I think a lot of people in different uh, ways are experiencing. And the confusing part about the cycle is that when it's good, it's really good. And you're telling yourself, no one can make me feel better. No one gets me as much as that person. 
And so all this, what this person causes you in regards to pain and maybe even self-rejection gets pushed aside for that good feeling that becomes more and more rare in abusive relationships. Now, sometimes we are picking abusive relationships that remind us of the person that we were abused by first. So this could be, for example, a parent. Now, if you had a father, for example, who was very neglectful or aggressive or demeaning, chances are that you are picking someone who has a similar behavior, not because you want to, but because your subconscious is familiar with that pattern and on some level may believe, well, this is what relationships are about and this is what you really deserve. And on the other hand, it may be that your subconscious says, well, there is still something that you haven't received. Of course, we always love to get love from our parents, approval, a sense of being important, that we matter. And if we haven't received that, we are looking for the similar archetypes, the similar personalities in our relationships in the subconscious hope to finally get that, what our parents were not able to give us. It's almost like, you know, the, that one piece in the puzzle is missing, so we're looking to get it from someone else. Now, of course, usually it doesn't work because that person who has a similar personality, like uh, the abusive parent, will probably do exactly the same abuse us again. And so after two or three go-arounds, we may understand that in order to heal that void and that wound that the parent left, we actually have to do the healing ourselves. We cannot let someone else do that for us. It doesn't work. Now, then there is also this other reason of looking for an abuser and staying with the abuser that we are maybe starting out already with a sense of low self-esteem. Maybe we haven't been in a relationship for a long time. Maybe there is just a sense of, I will never find someone. And then you find someone and that person may be exactly what you were looking for and makes you feel really good. And as you're going through this abuse, you're feeling more and more connected and attached. And you're feeling like, wow, this feels so good. And in the abuse, as the isolation happens, as you are becoming more and more through his possessive behavior, focused on him and lose touch with the rest of your world, that person becomes your world. And it's harder and harder for you to get out of that. And that is another reason why we do stay in those relationships because we don't really see a way out. The way out would be going back to the loneliness, would go back to the hopelessness, would go back to that feeling of not being lovable. So we rather stay with that complicated relationship that is also almost like a project, keeps us really busy and occupied, then going back into just being there with ourself. And I heard many times clients tell me, I really don't like myself. And so I'm rather going to be with someone else I can focus on than having to be with myself, which is one of the, I think, biggest lessons for us to learn. 
Now, the other reason why we are staying in those relationships is that desire to rescue the person that we love and care about, that we see, as I mentioned before, that goodness inside that we are just wanted to help this person to unleash. We are feeling like that we are the one. And maybe even the abuser tells you, you are the only one who can help me. You are the only one who can save me. And we feel flattered. We feel somewhere empowered. And we feel somehow, well, okay, this is my job. Now, I do believe in the healing power of love. But keep in mind that you cannot help somebody to become whole by letting them destroy you. When we come back, we will talk more about what can you do to change something inside of yourself, to get out of relationships that are abusive, and to not really get back into them as well. Stay tuned. Best-selling author, spiritual life, and business coach, Joe Nunziata, brings his higher energy and no-nonsense style to people who are ready to make powerful changes now. Wake up, step up, power up with a shot of Joe. Join Joe the second and fourth Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for 30 minutes of high energy, no-nonsense, and powerful tools to make powerful changes. Visit joenuns.com. That's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Learn how to be you in today's world on New Soul Radio. Follow host Ruby Betty each month on Transformation Talk Radio as she introduces new rules for new souls in these new times. As a powerful spiritual thought leader, modern mystic, and clairsentient, Ruby Betty is propelled toward a single goal, to awaken human beings to their fullest potential. For more information on Ruby and her work, visit rubybetty.co. Welcome back. We are talking about abusive relationships. What are the signs? Why are we getting in them? And now, how can we get out of them? Or how can we make sure to no longer search for those relationships? Now, I mentioned before the break that often there is something inside of us, a subconscious pattern that is looking for some kind of a completion of maybe an abusive relationship from our childhood. Now, this can also be the case of uh, abusive relationships in your adulthood where you go through several of them and you want to somehow prove yourself that this next person who is maybe a charmer or a macho or someone who is a man's man but can also be quite aggressive – 
that that person will finally commit or finally treat you the way that you want because all the others weren't capable of. And so you go back and you may tell yourself it's more interesting or it's more fun. But again, all of those things, and this is the first step to get out and not go back in, is awareness. Be honest with yourself. Be honest and maybe even reach out and ask others for their opinion. Now, even though you may have been abused, that doesn't mean that your feelings go away. That doesn't mean that you become all of a sudden numb and whatever abuse happens to you, it doesn't matter anymore. You feel it. You feel disrespect. You feel being put down. You feel that lack of self-worth. You feel that you're somehow at the mercy of someone. You feel the anxiety. You feel that sense of always having to wait for the other shoe to drop or for a bomb to go off. So all of this is there. And if you feel like this in the relationship, you know something is seriously wrong. And maybe you haven't talked to your friends, your siblings, your parents, but it's time. Reach out and describe what's going on. Let someone see what happens and give you maybe their reflection on it. And then also notice how you may have been in denial. Be honest in that regard too. This is not your fault. This is nothing to blame yourself. This is not the moment where you tell yourself, oh, how could I be so stupid? This is simply the moment where you wake up and say, this is not okay. This is actually not acceptable. It should have never been acceptable. I was maybe pulled into it. Maybe I was made believe that it's going to change. Maybe I was simply blind. Blind because I didn't want to see it. Blind because I had hope. Blind because I had needs that I thought maybe one day gets will get met. But that clarity and that honesty ultimately will set you free. Because in that moment where you know what is acceptable and what is not, what you deserve and what you don't, in that moment where you say, I'm going to put my own needs first. I don't worry about pleasing or protecting the abuser. I don't worry about even whether the person leaves me or not. I will only focus on myself in that moment when you make that decision. You have a large chunk of your power back. And that is a moment where you can also be more clear about your boundaries. You know, boundaries may be completely gone when you have been in an abusive relationship for a while. You may have just accepted rudeness, being yelled at. You may have just accepted that there is not even a physical space boundary. But when you are realizing what you deserve and what you don't, you will actually have a greater sense of the power of saying no, the power of pushing back, the power of saying, you know, this is either going to change or I will be out of here. And these boundaries are not only external boundaries. They're not only about pushing back. They're not only about telling your partner that you have needs and you have requirements for the relationship. 
The boundaries are also internal boundaries where you stop thinking so much about your partner, where you stop blaming yourself and criticizing yourself and judging yourself for it's all your fault and you should have been different. Where you give your power constantly away by wondering how is he doing, what is he feeling, or maybe even anger and frustration that you may feel like is a sense of empowerment when you're irritated or angry at your partner that may make you feel better. But at the end, if it's a quiet, stuffed-in anger that's just internally burning and will never get expressed, it only burns you. And it only takes away your power and your energy. Now, these internal boundaries basically say also, I cannot change someone who doesn't want to change. I cannot fix someone for the wounds, the dysfunction, the patterns that this person may already have since a long, long time. It's not my job to be his therapist. It's not my job to make him grow up and become an adult. It's not my job to play the parent that he may have never had. I need to have a boundary with that as well. And I need to demand for myself that I either gonna have an equal partner or rather not be with that person. There is a saying that says, if you are taking away someone's pain, you're also taking away their ability to heal themselves. And with that, their ability to learn and grow from the pain. And with that, their ability to be whole and ultimately be happy. Because there is a certain kind of pain that your abuser may have, a certain kind of limitation or limiting belief they are struggling with that they have to address. The inner shadows are their responsibility and not your. And as hard as you may have been trying to bring light into those shadows, you have seen that your light only got devoured and swallowed up and you felt more and more that darkness overshadowing you. And finally, I believe the most important part is that you are noticing how you treat yourself. Because chances are, and maybe even before that relationship, that you already have been abusing yourself, that you were the one who were down on yourself. You were the one who were saying to yourself all those things that your partner was telling you, that you're not smart enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're getting too old, that you're too sensitive. Notice your self-talk and notice that maybe now you have even more reason to stop it because you know how painful it is when someone else says those things to you, treat yourself how you want to be treated. Love yourself how you want to be loved. And that may mean that you have to get out of those relationships you're in, those abusive relationships, and really learn first to have a relationship with yourself. I know it sounds trite. You have to learn to love yourself more first before you go and find love with someone else. But there is some truth in that triteness. Because I believe when we have a strong foundation of confidence, 
appreciation and self-love, the likelihood to get abused is much, much less. Because we are spotting it, we are immediately saying no to it, and we are moving on because we know we deserve something much better than that. Well, another hour of Empowerment Radio. I hope there was some fruit for thought for you. And if you have any questions, reach out to info at thefearandanxietysolution.com or go to the website thefearandanxietysolution.com. See what I can do for you to help you to find that confidence, that sense of self-love and that appreciation. Until next time, take good care of yourself. And as I said, treat yourself how you want to be treated. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.